Blog Talk Radio. Desperate House Witches. I'm Raina Stark, so you don't have to be. Desperate House Witches is not a G, PG, or even an R-rated show. So, bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might offend you. You're at the right place, because I'm about to offend everybody. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com for your witching needs and 2023 Home Blessing Balls are still available. So get them while you can because they go away at the end of this month. So you got a little time left, but not too much. That's WickedWitchStudios.com. Check out the link on social media, on the Facebook page for WickedWitchStudios.com. Okay. This has to be one of the most embarrassing political displays I've ever seen in my life. And with me, as always, on the first Friday of the month, is the amazing one, the pagan pundit himself, the incredible Taliesin Govannon. Hello, my friend. <laughs> hello, 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 Ms. Reina and all of you wonderful folks out there at sea. Has it not been a week? <laughs> it's certainly been a week. It's certainly been, oh, wow, this is this is one of those fun ones, man. I'm I'm looking forward to tonight. <laughs> okay, so what we're talking about, for anybody who is not aware, uh, we are talking about the vote for Speaker of the House. As everyone knows at this point, the Republicans did come out with a majority, albeit not a great one, but they do have the majority in the House. Kevin McCarthy, since way before the election, was already announcing himself as the speaker, as the new speaker of the House. So um, I think the Republican Party had gotten together and said, we need to spank his ass for assuming we're going to give him this. Um, and if you've not been watching any kind of TV at all or any kind of Internet news, um, he's in day four? Day four. Day four and still not gotten the majority. Now, as of this afternoon, the report was was that he has successfully flipped 15 GOP holdouts. We'll see, says Towson. So, Towson, what, <laughs> before we get into all of this juiciness, just give me a real yeah. quick rundown on what you've got going writing-wise. Because you know, I like that we like to do that in the beginning, at the end of the show. So before we get to oh, yeah. these, because we're going to get these, let's do that first. Uh, well, yeah, things are moving along here because one of the big things that's been a big source of chaos in my life, as you well know, is a big move that we have happening here. We bought a house a year ago. We've been working to try to yep. get it ready to move into. Uh, had a few issues, but uh, we. I'm proud to say we just 
had our first big party at the new house. We did New Year's Eve there with some friends, and we all crashed out for the weekend. Now we're back in Barberton right now, but we are – we have furniture for the living room. We've got all the colors picked out. We've got new carpet. We're going to be moved in by the end of this month. And when that happens, that's when stuff really gets cranking. I'm still working on the Queen, book three in the Sorceress Saga. I've got some new side uh, novel series in the same universe that's going to be coming out this year, as well as the launch, the big launch of a couple of podcasts. One of them being yeah. one on just general occultism and Wicca and that kind of stuff, named to be determined. Uh, and also another one called The Pagan Pundit, where I'm going to be doing my hot takes on politics. I'm still going to be on Desperate House Witches first Friday yeah. of every single month. Uh, but I'm also yeah. going to be doing some other stuff in these podcasts. I'm going to be doing some deep dives. I'm going to do them about once every two weeks, but I'm also going to be doing a bunch of extra ones as it comes up. So, for example, if I had had the podcast going all the way through this week, I would have been doing daily audio podcast wrap-ups of the day's events because, yep. oh, my God, what a mind yeah, of comedy. I, I wish, you know, the writers at Saturday Night Live, it's like Christmas all over again because this shit – just fucking writes itself. So, but once we get moved in, uh, that's when we really start cranking things up. The 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 Sorcerer's Saga is hitting the all important book three. The other series are starting, as well as these podcasts. So, yay! Uh, but yeah, the, yay. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk about this week. Let me tell you, I haven't stopped smiling when looking at the news all fucking week. I just have been enjoying this. This I needed this. You know, I think we all needed this kind of extended Saturday Night Live routine on C-SPAN. I mean, really, we, we've needed this definitely for the last two years because today is the anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. But also, we've needed yep. this ever since election night 2016. Okay, we've needed this. Um, it's, it's a... It's the circus, man. The circus came to town, and the Republicans broke out their extra special, extra shiny, uh, swearing-in-day clown shoes. And, oh, my God, this has just been awesome. I've been enjoying every second of this. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is such a fucking weasel. Nobody deserves this more than him. And there's a whole lot of things coming home to roost here that uh, are also very, very satisfying to see. Okay, so what's happening here? As far, okay, so first let me ask a question. Because yeah. my understanding originally was that the people who were holding this up are the real Trumpsters, the real MAGA hangers-on for Trump. Is that accurate? No. Everybody thought so. But they want you to believe, and they got their launch because of Trump. Trust me. We would not have Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert anywhere near a spotlight. Hell, you wouldn't see Lauren Boebert anywhere near the fucking Congress, uh, along with several other of their cohorts. Uh, you would not have them without Trump. They definitely owe their careers, their current careers to Trump. However, these are the what you can call the the weasel core of the Trump movement because – most of your Trumpers in Congress 
are what you call opportunists. The guy seems to be winning a lot. That's the way the wind seems to be blowing. That's what my own base seems to be into. Okay, fine, I'll play along. Uh, but these are the people who are either going to quit or they're just going to stop playing these games as they decide it's costing them more than it's getting them. Uh, then you've got the true believers. Uh, the, the true believers that are staying loyal to Trump, though, they're not the ones in office. See, it takes a certain amount of ego to run, to be part, uh, to be a, representing, a representative representing tens or hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, and especially to be the kind of media whore-style egotist that it takes to really shine as a politician, uh, especially a conservative politician, breeds a certain amount of people. So these are not people who want to follow Donald Trump. These are people who want to be Donald Trump. They want to be Mm -hmm. able to do what Donald Trump did, but they want to not make the mistakes he made and think they're going to have a much better outcome. That is the motivation of the hardcore Never Kevins, the Andy Biggs, the Matt Gates, the Lauren Boberts, uh, and the other two people. That's the thing. Even if you flip 15 of the no-vote anti-Kevin people over to Kevin McCarthy's side, you have to have one more. And there are five people who have been saying all along they are not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy ever. And they're, these are the hardcore Trump wannabes. These are people like Lauren Boebert, uh, Matt Gates. I mean, Lauren Boebert's really making her grandstand here because she's really not going to survive another election cycle. I mean, a, a Democratic opponent who was horribly underfunded and outspent like three to one, came within a few hundred votes of unseating her from her seat. Wow. Uh, so she she is making this her her stab at the Trump faithful, because eventually Trump is going to fade from the scene. I mean, eventually, I mean, the guy is getting on an age, and he has a really shitty diet. He never exercises. He's not going to be around forever. And uh, one thing that these people who want to be Trump they're all playing for Trump's donor base. When Trump's donor base starts looking for someone else to give to, they want to be able to say we wage the best fight, the good fight uh, for, you know, to try to make the country greater grand and not, you know, try to fight against the establishment. That's always been a big Trump thing, you know. Establishment Republicans are bad. Uh, and this, you know, playing footsie with that ideology is what gets you where you are today. Um, and these people are fundraising off this. They're making millions off of this right now, by the way. So I really have no idea. I mean, could they convene later and get week by, get that one more person that they needed uh, to make the, the four remaining irrelevant? It's possible. I would not be surprised, however, if this drags on. Because this is exposing a basic operating principle of the Republican Party. Uh, And this is really the death knell of the old establishment. Uh, The Senate Republicans really need to start looking at either retiring or finding a new party because they are definitely the dinosaurs. They are the eight-track tapes. As far as Republicans go, they are the ones who are fading because uh, 
the Republican Party has ceased to be a real party. I pointed this out during their convention in 2020, how they decided not to put out a platform. They basically just said their platform is whatever Trump wants. And once they did that, they abdicated their entire purpose as a party. Uh, and at that point, they basically dissolved the Republican Party, as you and I grew up with that. Um, and the thing is, is that the new Republican Party is a not a policy party. They don't have ideas. They're trolls. They seek power. They seek money and fame through trolling, uh, through doing the things, the own the libs mentality that always gets these small dollar donations from uh, Bubba and Linda Sue, uh, no matter what strata of society they're at, uh, sending in those dollars. And that is what they do. They have no idea how to govern. They can't govern. They don't govern for very – they're never in the majority for long. You notice how many times the Republicans have bounced in and out of power in the House of Representatives in the 21st century uh, because they don't – they're not a governing party. They're a troll party. Uh, And they are best – they are really most comfortable when they're on the outside sniping in. And when they do find themselves in the majority, they don't know what to do. And this is what is coming home to roost for the establishment Republicans. This is what is, uh, these, are, these are the chickens that are coming home. These are the karmic debts that are starting to be paid. Because take a look at what's been going on here. They've been negotiating with people like Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates since the summer. Okay? Yeah. But in, yeah. in the summer, they were very dismissive of them, though, because they actually believe their own hype. They believed in the red wave that was supposed to come, uh, even though anybody who knew anything could see that it was a bullshit mirage made by polling uh, news organizations, including junk polls in their polling, to tighten the margins and make for better headlines. Uh, Unfortunately, the Republicans are at the point where they have so little to go on as far as hope in the age of Trump that they were buying their own spin and believing there was a red wave, so he kind of sloughed off these never Kevin people, these five hard fours that have been uh, agitating about this the longest. And only after the red wave failed to materialize, that's when he started talking to these people in earnest. But that's been a couple months, and he has yeah. given away the farm. Mm. And the hell of it is, so, is that all along, they, all along they've said, well, this is what we want, and this is how you can prove that you're serious to us about about being a different kind of Republican. And every time they gave him a list, he came back and said, okay, it's yours. We can do this. And they'd say, okay, well, that was part one. Now part two, and they'd give him a new list, and he'd come back. And they played him like that all along. And then when it came wow. down to the vote, they completely reneged and walked away. Doesn't that sound like how they treated Barack Obama for eight fucking years? Exactly. And I thought about that, too. And I, you know, but it's interesting because normally they do that to the opposing party. They don't usually, the call doesn't usually come from inside the house with them. Right, but this is all they know what to do. This is their, this is how you become a star in the Republican Party. You need to have the soundbite. You need to be able to do the outrageous thing that gets turned into a meme. Even if they make fun of you, 
on like the Daily Show or John Oliver. Oh, well, that's all that liberal media. You can fundraise off that shit. That, you know, it's it's no longer policy. It's no longer being able to actually write legislation or even be able to vote on or organize or pass legislation. They have almost zero legislative goals on their agenda uh, because they're not that kind of party. Um, they are, you know, they are completely ready to go on investigating Hunter Biden, on attacking Dr. Yeah. Fauci, on attacking Black Lives Matter, on attacking the January 6th Commission. They're going to attack the FBI. They're going to attack the IRS. Uh, and that's because that's all they know what to do. They are the troll party. Well, you know what? If these people decide that they're going to take their moment and stake some of their glory, how else are they going to do it? This is what they're good at. Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert are a couple of fucking troll stars. I mean, help Marjorie Taylor Greene probably feels like she missed out. She decided to go ahead and try to buy her way into the establishment by giving her vote to Kevin McCarthy. Um, and she she has been, you know, she, she she has been cast in by Fox News as the sane one, which tells you a lot about the state of conservative media right now. But anyway, um, I mean, Lauren Boebert and Sean Hannity are getting into Saudi matches on the air. So it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, you know, the whole thing's a clown car, to be honest with you. Because even, I mean, personally, from what I'm looking at, to me it seems like he's going to get it eventually, but his his credibility is so gone and non-existent at this point. Shit. His credibility of any kind of, for any kind of leadership was over after the second day, in my opinion. I don't understand why he would even want it at this point. It is so watered down and so lackluster. You know, I did a meme about nobody likes Kevin, and nobody does. <laughs> so what, what's no. the point at this, you know, at this moment for when he does eventually? I mean, I'm still assuming he's going to get it at some point. Is that is that? Am I thinking incorrectly about that? What's what's your overall on this? You know what? Um, I'm saying it's 50-50 right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he got it, if he wound up uh, doing something somewhere, somehow, to uh, buy that last uh, anti-Kevin, that never-Kevin vote, uh, to get let yeah. him squeak over the line. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that happened, but I would be equally non-surprised if the five held firm and they and they had to uh, fucking do something else. To uh, they'd have to try something else, maybe something procedurally, but that's dicey because they actually have several people who are leaving town after today on the Republican oh. side. So he's going to lose votes if he can't sew it up tonight. Uh, so if it doesn't happen tonight, <laughs> oh, yeah, he, they're, 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 there are people who simply, it's literally like life and death shit for family members. They are leaving. Nobody, not even Kevin McCarthy's supporters like him so much as to not be at, you know, their mom's side at, you know, 
when they're going through cancer surgery or some shit like that. Uh, nobody likes Kevin right. that much. And the, the, the thing about Kevin McCarthy is that he really is the last gasp of the old Republican Party, even though he has been more than happy to sign on to the crazy train, uh, to sign on to all of the racism and homophobia and anti-democratic bullshit, uh, playing along to try to steal the election and all that stuff. He completely has sold his soul, but he really is the last of the old establishment because I remember back when most people first heard of Kevin McCarthy, he was one of the three, they called him young guns. They were Eric Cantor, Paul Ryan, and Kevin McCarthy. And they were supposed to be the young, intellectual, firebrand conservatives that were going to usher in the, uh, the, what Carl Rowe said, the permanent Republican majority. Um, supposed to be the final stage booster rocket for their plan to gerrymander the country into a permanent Republican majority. And look what happened. Uh, the Tea Party happened. And the Tea Party is ultimately what killed the Republican Party. Because uh, first, they defeated Eric Cantor when he was a minority leader. They defeated him in his primary. Uh, then uh, they hounded Paul Ryan out of town uh, after a couple of years as speaker, a job he didn't even want. Um, but he had wound up with it anyway. And, oh, by the way, who was it that who had to step, step aside because he was unelectable and couldn't get the votes and had to step aside for Paul Ryan to take over? That was Kevin McCarthy, but I digress. Um, that was the last time ah! Kevin McCarthy was up for the uh, speaker of the House position. Um, yeah, that's after, I mean, look what happened with, look at what, you know, let me tell you something, because Kevin McCarthy gets it, I give him eight months. I literally give him eight months before he quits, before he resigns his seat, leaves Congress, and says, fuck it, and walks away. Even though his entire life has been dedicated to becoming Speaker of the House. He has worn that ambition so nakedly on his sleeve in his career yeah. for so long. And especially once Paul Ryan bowed out of national politics, he really felt like he was anointed. He was assured he was the next Republican Speaker of the House. All they had to do was capture majority, no matter how slim. And he that happened. They, they uh, raised the majority, and he just figured, okay, now's my time. But the thing is, he's wanted it so bad for so long, everybody knew he'd do anything to get it. And that makes you, in Washington, the weakest motherfucker that ever walked the face of the fucking earth. And he is going to have a hellish time because of all he's had to give away. I mean, let me tell you something. Uh, John Boehner was somebody who had worked his entire life to become Speaker of the House. Uh, and after a couple of years, he quit. He resigned his seat yeah. in the Congress and as Speaker. And when he walked out, to announce his, rec- his resignation, he was singing zippity doo That is how much hell that that version of the Tea Party put him through. Part of that version of the Tea Party was a guy named Steve Scalise, who is now to establishment for the likes of Lauren Boebert. But I digress. One of the ways they chased John Boehner out of Palazzo was the motion to vacate. 
That is something that used to almost never happen. But they discovered this obscure rule where a member could make a motion to vacate the chair uh, of the Speaker of the House. And if somebody seconded that motion, they would have to pull the entire House of Representatives in to vote on whether or not to vacate the chair. And if you got uh, 218 no votes, they, they didn't vacate the chair and they didn't kick the speaker out. Uh, they did this to John Boehner almost every fucking week for a while just to fucking harass the shit out of him. And he left after in his whole life to get this job. He just said, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. Uh, he also had a profound conscience. Uh, he, he, he had a profound uh, conscience problem because as a devout Catholic, uh, he didn't like the pro-death penalty stance of his party. And uh, he mm-hmm. talked to his priest, and his priest said, if you can't do it, John, just walk away. Nobody will blame you. And he d- and that helped him. But uh, then they yeah. hounded Paul Ryan out. Pa- Paul Ryan, you know, Kevin McCarthy thought he was going to become speaker. He didn't do much to help defend yeah. John Boehner because he wanted it so bad. But he didn't get it because he was an idiot. He said the quiet part out loud and admitted that the Benghazi panel was just a way of trying to attack Hillary Clinton before she ran for president. Um, and that was back then. You couldn't say that shit and still get to keep your job. So he had to give it up for Paul Ryan. And then when Paul Ryan got chased out of town, he got chased out of town and Nancy Pelosi became the speaker again. So, uh, yeah. you know, the, the thing is, is that he's had to give up. When Nancy Pelosi came in, she decided that they were going to do a rules change. And they changed it to where half of the, of the ruling conference, so in other words, half of the Republicans would have to agree with the motion to vacate in order to hold a vote. Uh, that's what Nancy Pelosi put in there to make sure that there couldn't be used as a tool of harassment by some future faction. Uh, and that's been the thing that that's what the anti-Kevin faction has wanted for so long. They want to return to that single person can make a motion to vacate. Um, and he just gave that away. He gave that away to them. So, He's not going to get to be speaker. He may have the title. He may not have to move his shit yeah. out of the office he already stupidly moved into, but he is not right. going to be the speaker because Lauren Boebert is going to be the speaker. Matt Gates is going to be the speaker. Uh, Jim Jordan is going to be the speaker. You know, Jim has supported him. Jim Jordan at any point could decide, oh, shit, Kevin didn't do what I wanted him to do. I'm going to make a motion to vacate. Then there's enough people who don't like him. They could just decide, oh, yeah, fuck it. We'll kick him out. And it's going to hang like a sort of fucking Damocles over his head for his entire time in there. He's had to already give them all of the best committee assignments. So that means that the rest of the conference, the 90% that stuck with him the entire time, he has nothing left to reward them with. He gave it all the way to the crazies, to the troll caucus. Um, I give him eight months before he just decides what? Do they, does that, does his supporters, I'm assuming that it's fairly public knowledge or not what he had to give up because I'm not clear yeah. on exactly what he has promised the crazy, the, the crazier train department as opposed to the regular crazy train department. Oh, they've been crowing about it. Are you kidding? They've been yelling about it. They, These are not subtle people. Uh, they're sending out fundraising email saying, yay, they caved, now give us money and we'll keep making sure they cave more. Um, wow. So uh, this is pretty common knowledge. And 
the real danger here is that if the five hold together long enough um, and they decide that they're just going to torture him as long as they fucking can, uh, there are going to be some of the rank and file who are going to start wondering if it's worth it to stick with him. Because he, if he that can't was, break this yeah. impasse, if he can't break yep, this impasse, was... uh, he's gonna he's he's already the weakest speaker that the country has ever and will ever see. Um, believe you me, because when when we get Speaker of the House Hakeem Jeffries uh, in 2025 in January 2025, the first thing he's going to do with all of the Democrats' blessings is restore the more restrictive motion to vacate, and they're going to undo all this shit that Kevin is giving away to the troll caucus in his own party. Uh, and let me tell you something. But, and people say, you know, oh, you know, don't be so, you know, assured about that. But let me tell you something. One of the concessions that has been confirmed by Kevin McCarthy's office, this is the biggest thing right here that's going to lead to the final uh, electoral death of the Republican Party uh, because everybody knows that candidate quality was one of the biggest things working against Republicans in the last election. They had a lot of historic trends going completely in their favor. And you still have enough, um, you know, older Gen X and beyond uh, voters who still respond to the old things about like, yeah, I don't care what's going on. I don't like gas prices, so I'll vote for whoever's not in power, that kind of bullshit. But there's still enough of that going around. And they really should have. But, you know, again, I I like to say that Republicans in Ohio like to play this game of electoral chicken occasionally. Occasionally, they'll throw up a candidate who is just so he wackadoo batshit nuts that uh, there's no way, not even Republicans can hold their nose and support someone like that. Uh, they did that once with the governor's race. They ran Ken Blackwell, and, they, and that was the last time we had a Republican governor in this in this state because you know they they do this electoral chicken, and uh, a lot of there were certain races where they did electoral chicken because the you know the uh, the the MAGA base is very very effective in primaries. It's very easy for them to primary uh, these establishment guys. These uh, you know the these. Uh, these establishment picks, and they win. And then they get to run against the Democrats in a much, much wider field. Uh, And they do horribly. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, that kind of probably saved the fact that they even got a majority was the fact that Kevin McCarthy's super PAC spent a lot of money supporting establishment Republicans against attacks from the right. Uh, in several safe Republicans or supposed to be safe Republican districts, but they're they're on the edge of the suburbs enough to kind of be questionable, especially in years that go badly for Republicans. And they really pulled a few of those primaries out for the establishment guys, and that's really the reason why they have at least any majority right now. So when you think about it, Kevin McCarthy did manage to just spend money wisely to help his cause. But the thing is, is that that pissed off everybody in the troll caucus because they want more people like them in Congress. They don't want the old right. line establishment guys. Even if they sell their souls, they don't want them. They want more people like them uh, and to make more of a circus atmosphere. Uh, and 
this was day one before the first vote. Uh, he thought he made the ultimate concession in that they have basically told all the dark money super PACs that do things on behalf of the Republican Party to no longer intervene in primaries in what are considered safe Republican districts. So if these people start getting challenged from the right by people who make Lauren Boebert look like Eleanor Roosevelt, then there's nothing that the establishment guys can do financially to help these establishment candidates. Kevin McCarthy has defanged his ability to keep control of his own caucus. Uh, And so you know that in 2024, it doesn't matter how favorable the political win should be. It doesn't matter how heavily certain districts are gerrymandered. Although Republicans also lost uh, control of the few state legislatures, so they're not going to have such an easy time gerrymandering another consequence of Donald Trump. But you know what? It's not going to matter after a while because they're going to run people who are just so fucking unelectable that we're going to wind up seeing the Democrats take a 30 or 40 seat majority in the uh, in the next Congress. Uh, and that is the big story here. Kevin McCarthy has already signed the death warrant of the last remnants of anything resembling George W. Bush's Republican Party. Uh, because now it's going to be open season on incumbents from the right, from people who think that they're not like Matt Gates enough. So now they're going to support some wackadoodle. And uh, we're going to, you know, dude, let me tell you something. We should start selling popcorn now. We should go into the popcorn <laughs> business. Because the next two fucking years are going to be just the biggest fucking clown show. Now, we're not going to get anything done legislatively. Just forget about that right now. Um, right. They're going to get Kevin McCarthy. They're going to get a few Republicans to sell their soul to vote with Democrats to do something like raise the debt limit ceiling in September. Um, who knows? That might be the thing that Kevin McCarthy decides to make his grand swan song because by then uh, he's probably going to be ready uh, to, you know, start smoking tailpipes instead of marijuana uh, because he's going to, that's September, man. That's going to be a long fucking year for Kevin McCarthy, even if he gets in. So, and, oh, and by the way, these super PACs have already changed their bylaws uh, on and their policies. So even if McCarthy is a speaker, these deal, that deal is probably going to remain in place. So Kevin McCarthy has signed the death warrant of the Republican party. Uh, and like I said, they're not going to get anything done. They're only going to investigate because none of they're going to write legislation, but they're going to write legislation to like 20 election as being stolen and call for a new election. It's never going to go through the Senate. Nothing is going to pass and get signed by President Biden. Um, there, there's, there's going to have to be some improvising, and Joe is ready to improvise. Um, but let me tell you something. The Republican Party is going to implode in real time. And the Senate, like I said, the guys in the Senate, listen to me now, guys. You want to start thinking about your exit strategy. Do you want to try to swap parties? Do you want? Because let me tell you something, you know, we just made Joe Manchin pretty irrelevant. Um, and let me tell you yeah. something, the very next, the very next election, you're never, you know, the next election is going to be the last time that anybody cares about uh, even Kristen Cinema, who actually is going to wind up 
uh, Kristen Sinema is going to hurt the Republicans more than the Democrats by being an independent. Um, but because <laughs> um, wow. her only salvation electorally was going to be to woo disaffected Republicans who don't like MAGA politics. There's some, there's some sore, uh, there's some sore hurt feelings down there for what the Republicans said about Arizona. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's going to, like I said, we should go to the popcorn business, man, because there's going to be a lot of popcorn worthy moments coming up. Uh, and like I said, they don't get it tonight. Who knows how long this is going to last. So uh, there's already been some great bad lip reading videos put out. So I suggest everybody go look at those. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I would love to see it go past tonight just on principle, just, just yeah. to see the pain in his face. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen. It could. You know, what you brought up earlier about, his supporters being disgusted by all these deals he's made, is it possible that some of them would turn on him at this moment? Well, not at this moment, because they're still trying to see if there's a way that they can massage things. Now, what, what you really want to keep an eye out on, there are 18 Republicans who represent districts that Joe Biden won in 2020. And they are currently serving. They are about to be sworn in whenever they get around to uh, selecting a speaker. Uh, And these guys, these particular 18, uh, those are are the ones that I call the border fence 18, because these are people who have a very, very thin rope to walk over the next two years because they represent districts that are obviously willing to vote for a Democrat. They voted for Joe Biden. Um, If they're seen as too MAGA, they are going to lose to the next Democrat uh, because obviously their districts don't like MAGA because if they like MAGA, they would have voted for Donald Trump and not Joe Biden. Um, However, if if they are too moderate, then they're going to become targets of a primary challenge from the MAGA right. And because of the deal that Kevin McCarthy made, there is nobody who's going to be able to come to their rescue and counter the right-wing money machine. Because let me tell you something, Donald Trump is going to fade from view eventually. You've hardly seen the guy in public ever since he announced for the presidency again, except for that goofy fucking NFT bullshit with the really shitty-ass Photoshop. Oh, my God, Republicans, you guys just keep wanting to entertain us. That was so fucking hilarious. But you're hardly seeing him these days. He's still fundraising like a motherfucker. But let me tell you something. He's going to get indicted sometime uh, this year, probably sometime before June. He's going to get indicted somewhere. He's either going to get indicted in Georgia or he's going to get indicted in one of the three federal uh, federal grand juries that are currently looking at him. The most recent one being started up uh, to look at the material referred to the Department of Justice by the January 6th commission. Um, and so, you know, eventually 
his donor base is going to decide that, yeah, they'll still give some money so that Barron doesn't have to, you know, sell uh, Boy Scout, uh, you know, memberships or anything like that. But, uh, you know, they're going to want to find another person they think is going to be a winner or at least somebody who can troll well enough who's still involved in active politics to be able to really, quote, unquote, annoy the libs. And, you know, the – these money, you know, the, the ability of these MAGA-style uh, candidates to raise money is really big because even though their voting base is shrinking every day, their base of disaffected white suburban males have enough disposable income that they can be a pretty potent fundraising force. And so um, some of these 18, and not just these 18, though, there's another 20 representatives that that folks are keeping an eye on. And these are all people who are part of districts that vote, went for Trump in the last election, but just barely. And some of these districts, they had a much, much closer call case uh, in their last election than they would have liked. They won, but they didn't win by nearly as much as they were expecting to, and that's kind of put the fear of, uh, of Boehner into them. They're They're worried about the party leaving them behind. Um, And so these people, too, they tend to represent more swingy districts. Um, If they start attracting primary challenges from the right, um, watch for some of them to try to switch. Look for some of them to try to switch sides. Uh, Even the ones who don't want to join the Democratic Party could declare themselves independent but caucusing with the Democrats, it would do the same thing. Um, because if they think that they're going to get nuked from the right anyway, they really don't have anything to lose by rolling the dice. And some of these districts, I'll tell you, some of these state parties, um, <clears throat> guys, the guys who run the DCC, the DCCC, please spend some money in these states to train these people on how to do candidate selection and recruitment because the track record of some of these districts in recruiting candidates that stand a snowball's chance in hell are just abysmal. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like uh, some, some of these people, if you had a Republican who was squishy enough in a, in a, in a district that was also kind of squishy, they could be talked into jumping over. And let me tell you something, it's better than sometimes trying to find uh, a good candidate in a bad field. So um, you never know. This Republican Congress may not survive two years. It just depends on how activist the MAGA base gets in going after vulnerable Republican incumbents. Kevin McCarthy has just taken, he's just taken the restraints off. He's just, Open the floodgates. It's open season party, and there are going to be some people who are going to be looking for a way to the door, either of Congress, but quite possibly just of the Republican Party. So watch this space. (laughs) That's just, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, we've talked about watching the Republican Party fracture, and I never thought, because I'm so used to this being the party of, you know, they don't fall in love, they fall in line. And to watch them actively cure each other and basically tear this one person apart, you know, (laughs) meaning Kevin McCarthy, it's 
you know, I, I don't know. I thought the pack mentality would, would win out over the day um, where they would eventually band together the, the not-so-great ones with the completely shitty ones and just gather behind this one guy. But it's been a beautiful thing to watch the cannibalistic nature of the current Republican Party. It is, it is oh, unlike yeah. anything we've witnessed. And, you know, what happens, what's, what's happening right now in the House is really of historic proportions, at least for the last 160 years, I believe, if not more now, this could be a record. If he doesn't get it tonight, this is, I believe this is a whole new record in the history of our government. That's oh, yeah. Be no, no, it's not the history. The, the most ballots it took to elect a speaker was 133. It took two months. Um, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's from way back, though. Uh, that's, uh, that's a okay. very, very old record. Um, they did blow by wow. the 1923 number. Way early. They blew by that when they went to 10, when they hit double digits, because uh, in 1923 on the ninth ballot, they elected a speaker. Now, let me tell you, the, the other story here that uh, really needs to be emphasized, because, you know, we're taking a lot of, uh, of, of, of delight in Kevin McCarthy's difficulties, and trust me, really few people deserve it more, uh, but one person who does deserve it more is Donald Trump. And this whole debacle is really showing that Donald Trump's days of dominating the Republican Party are over because Matt Gates is currently – he has been actively trolling Donald Trump during this process uh, because really? when Donald Trump finally – when he called all of them and said, hey, fall in line behind Kevin, they were basically saying, get bent. Uh, when he went out and said something publicly, uh, Matt Gates just replied with a one-word tweet that said, sad. Uh, he did that on True Social, actually, uh, one of their True Tweets or whatever it is. Um, and uh-huh. then when Donald Trump was continuing to write stuff saying that they need to fall in line publicly, that's when Matt Gates started uh, voting for Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. He knew he'd be the only person to do it. And so that just made sure that Donald Trump lost yet another election by getting the fewest possible votes he could get. So enough. In other words, Matt Gates is such a smarmy little prick that he's even trolling Donald Trump. These people fucking deserve each other. And, you know, let me tell you something. I've been, my favorite curse that I've been throwing at the Republican Party since Donald Trump came down that golden staircase uh, in 2015 is I wish you on yourselves. And, oh, my God, to see this shit playing out in real time is so much fun. He is toast. He's done. I mean, it's literally uh, – you know, he's, he's not clearing any field. Uh, you've had Mike Pence come out and file his paperwork for his exploratory committee. That's a big fuck yep. you. Uh, Ron yep. DeSantis is, is playing everything close to his vest. He's letting Donald Trump implode on his own. DeSantis isn't going to announce probably until September or October uh, his intentions right. to run. Um, and he's yeah. going to do a big ramp up, big dramatic shit, and he's going to flame out in epic time. I've got some friends who live in Florida, and they're like, oh, this guy is so not going to play. Even in conservative states okay. like Wyoming, he is so not going to fucking play. It's going to be Chris Christie all over again. Uh, you know, incredibly powerful in their home state, but completely impotent outside of it. Um, 
But, you know, it's like, I mean, again, Trump is so, they're outright just saying that, you know, that's it. This guy has no sway anymore. He can still destroy you. If he decides that you need to be gone, uh, and let me tell you something, I'm still predicting Mitch McConnell is going to retire before it's time. He is not going to seek re-election to the Senate when his term is up. He's got four years left to go. So he's got some time left to still annoy people. But I don't think he's going to continue. He's getting up there. He's got his millions. He wants to enjoy them. Uh, And his wife keeps being a target. He's just going to be like, fuck it. Um, But, uh, you know, it's like, and and yet Trump is still sending his minions after McConnell. So uh, Trump can destroy. He can harass. He can convince people to quit politics. But he can't get you elected anymore so that's yeah. the biggest story to come out of this his own create you know the frankenstein's monster has killed his creator yeah, yeah it's yeah. true it's true forget it's, the trouble come on get happy we're gonna send all your kids away <laughs> well wait hang on because i do need i do need to ask you about something that does concern me though um okay because Okay, so this is Senate-related, so we're switching up gears, and I understand that Debbie Stabenow is retiring after her term is up, and Bob Casey has cancer, uh, prostate cancer, and I understand it's operable, but does this put us in any kind of dire situation? How are we looking as far as the next round for the Senate? Um, really, really looking good. Uh, and this is, you know, because again, remember when the traditional media talks about the traditional narrative goes that, you know, oh, the next map is going to look really bad for Democrats. Every map is, of course, always supposed to look very bad for Democrats, even when they have a big waiver. Right. Like, well, that was a great night, but the next one won't be so good. It's a terrible night. Traditional politics yeah. don't exist anymore. The people who are going to True. get these nominations, and especially in Michigan, the Michigan Republican Party is completely broken. Democrats took control of the entire fucking thing. Um, and in, in Michigan, you've literally got the old line Republicans arguing with the militia types, and they're just ripping themselves apart. Um, and the Republican nominee for Michigan is probably going to be a hardline MAGA type. Uh, if there's any January 6th writers who aren't in prison at that point, that's probably who it's going to be, uh, whoever they pick to run uh, against whoever the Democrats have. And the Democrats have a great stable of candidates. they got some good people who are going to play well across the entire state. Uh, Michigan is going blue. Ohio has its head up its ass these days, but Pennsylvania and Michigan uh, on either side of us, they're doing pretty good. Uh, they're trending in the right way. And Bob Casey, too, in Pennsylvania. Uh, the, the candidates that are – the thing is, is that um, the, Re- the Republican Party does not have the money that they need to spend anymore uh, to try to get good candidates for some of these races. Uh, they don't because Donald Trump is still soaking up most of your small-dollar donations from their most fervent supporters. Uh, and some of their evangelical supporters they've lost entirely, and they're turning their political donations back to their churches as additional tithes because they're so done uh, with the state of politics. Uh, because 
of the fact that gays can still get married. Donald Trump was president for four years, and they didn't round up the gays and shit to the Guantanamo. Uh, it's literally the, yeah. the crazies are trying to compete and see who's the most crazy, and they're shredding themselves. And the nice thing about that is at least when they're shredding each other, they don't have as much time and energy to try to attack vulnerable people in society. Right. Right. No, I agree. And I've heard that yeah. evangelicals are, are abandoning Trump. And I'm like, keep leaving, because I'll tell you, my mother is one of those, she not only drinks the Kool-Aid, she helps them make it. Uh, so she's still on the Trump She's still on the Trump train, but my understanding is that a lot of evangelicals are saying, you know what, this didn't work out the way we wanted it to. Yeah, we got Roe v. Wade overturned. However, um, all these other things are still in play. And, you know, as you mentioned, you know, he didn't gather up all the gay people and send them to Guantanamo. Um, But you can see where, you know, Trump candidates and candidates that he pushed uh, did pretty horribly, which does not bode well for his future himself. If he can't even get his people elected, yeah. that magic well, is not forget. only not translating. It's not only not translating, but apparently that's that the shine, the guild is off that lily. Um, for well, also don't people. forget one. One of the most dominant strains of evangelical philosophy amongst a lot of Trump donors, is prosperity gospel, uh, the people who yep. get suckered by Joel Osteen. And there's that whole yep. idea that if you're really anointed and blessed by God, you're going to have results. And that's one of the ways that they sold Trump to them, saying, look at the wealth this guy has. Look at the tremendous wealth this guy has. He's been blessed by God so many times over. How could he not be an instrument of the Lord? Um, yeah. And... That was used to sell it to him. Now people know that he's lost more money than he's ever made in his life. He's lost more money uh, outside of Elon Musk. He's lost more money in his life than any other individual in the history of U.S. finance. Um, his finance, he's not nearly as wealthy as he says he is, and he's also not winning anymore. Because, again, they're starting to think, you know, if God has really anointed Donald Trump to be the one to be our deliverance, God can do anything. God can move mountains. If Donald Trump didn't win, maybe God took his blessing off of Trump for some reason. And they'll invent a reason. They'll invent some reason. If nothing else, they'll just say, oh, well, you know, when he, uh, when he, when he decided to, I don't know, endorse Kevin McCarthy for speaker, that told us that, that God was no longer speaking to him or acting for him anymore. Who knows? They'll invent some bullshit. Um, but they really like a winner, uh, and they know that in order to advance their agenda, they can't take on lost causes. They have to keep uh, trying to influence winners. Uh, the problem is is that the winners have competition for their loyalty, so it's not just the evangelical agenda. It's also the neo-Nazi agenda. It's the neo-fascist agenda. Uh, it's the neo-fundraising agenda of Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates. Um it's a clusterfuck. And I think, you know, there's a certain generation of evangelicals, they're leaving, and part of it is over supporting Trump. And they're starting to see the wisdom of the fact that before the 20th century, uh, most evangelical or born-again type people 
stayed out of politics because they thought it was unseemly. It was, you know, it was the, the realm of uh, this world, and this world is ruled by the devil and not God's kingdom and all that stuff. So I think some of the evangelical types are starting to see the wisdom in their great-grandparents' philosophy. I'm just amazed and blown away. And, wow, we are, like, down to only a couple of minutes. So, Talvin, <laughs> always a fascinating show, always amazing. Yes. You plug yourself one more time before we get out of here for the night, my friend. Right. Well, you know what? I am going to be, again, keep an eye on com. That will let you know when the queen is going to come out. Uh, in the first part of this year. Uh, I'm also going to let you know about the debut of the new podcast. And, hey, maybe if we get a bunch of people uh, sharing news of the podcast when it comes out, I can talk Raina into being an early guest on my podcast. Uh, we can talk about the fun times we've had talking politics. So, uh, I would love it. I would love it. Definitely. All right. Definitely. So I'm until here. that time, guys, check me out on uh, Twitter at Talison underscore G. I'm also on Facebook, Talison Govan and Author, and TalisonG.com. Until I catch you guys next time, I will see you. Uh, I will see you next time, same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you, my brother. Have a wonderful night. Uh, All right, guys. I will be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. with Stephanie Woodfield and Karen Storminger. We are going to talk about prayers to the Morrigan, their new book. So. That will be fun. I will see you bright and bleary-eyed in the morning. Have a great night, you guys.